If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, July 7th, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes. 30 under 30, a.k.a. the second best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. the pure one at Tim Gettys. The pure one, bringing it back. I like that. I also like being back on Games Daily, Greg. Normally, I'm on the Monday episodes, but it was the 4th of July, so I missed out. So this is my first one of the week. I haven't been caught up on any of the video game news I need to know. Well, you know, there's news every day you need to know about, and that's what's jumping in there. So I wanted to make sure, you know. There's mm-hmm. something hot and fresh for you. Yeah, the pure one. I was thinking, I was reminiscing, if you didn't mm-hmm. know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Today's the anniversary of the first thing I ever filmed for YouTube.com slash Game Over Greggy. You wow. and Nick working for pizza to film me talk to Colin. And that, like, and when I then stayed About home ants. from my at like 900 uh, episodes of the show and whatever, but like, that I have it on the calendar over here. How many? I guess that was 2012. So it's been a decade. Wow. It's been a decade of you and me making YouTube content together outside of outside my Outside of my you get a decade. but it's been a decade of it so yeah i i I saw that i was reminiscing i was looking at the old photos i was like oh man it seems so long ago (laughs) it's so recently all at the same time but yeah outrageous that's where we are i saw a mexican coke a couple days ago and it like it was like one of those hits of deja vu i had one of those that's so raven moments you know where it's like i just went into my mind's eye and saw all the previous times and what led to this yeah, I think that it might have honestly that might have put me on the track along with it because yeah, Rahul was having a Mexican Coke last night on the uh, Kind of Funny podcast. You can get it right now youtubecom slash Funny podcast services around the globe. But yeah, Insane. you know, crazy. Love and how it, far we've come years. now. We get to now we get to break the news. We get to talk about the news every day. Of course, mm-hmm. there's breaking news. I didn't put in the Roper report, but I did get uh, one of those random ass press releases. I get that talks about the f- most popular games state by state. Good. Barrett, you said you had it ready if you want to toss it up. Um, right now, no. Sh- no surprising, God of War, uh, most popular game in California. Now, this comes from journoresearch.org. I've never, I don't think I've ever subscribed to their press release mailer, but I get them all the time. They come with these little infographics. Uh, new research reveals that God of War is the most searched for video game across four different states, including California, despite being released four years ago. It is clearly still very popular with gamers. Gaming experts at Minesweeper. Gaming experts yeah. at Minesweeper analyzed okay. Google Trends search data for the top 25 most popular video games according to how long to beat from 2022 so far. The most searched for game in each state was revealed. Some games made multiple appearances on the top spot for four different states. So as you look across there, you can see it. I thought there'd be more Elden Ring, Tim, if I'm being honest, as we look across there. But yeah. now nah, you're seeing it. It's on. And again, this is like, you know, how long to beat is what they're going off of. Mm. Minesweeper. When you go to this Minesweeper page, it's just playing Minesweeper online. I emailed the lady back. I'm like, I don't understand how you got my email address, and I don't understand why Minesweeper is doing this, but I thank you for the infographics. They're pretty. But yeah, you look across. Grand Theft Auto uh, 5, 15 states. That's yeah. how many people are Two states for Ordle. For Ordle? Mm-hmm. Look at the bottom right. Oh, yeah, no, that, how are you making it that? Oh, you're blowing it up here. I'm like, this is so small, I can't even read something. Yeah, of this stuff. yeah, yeah. 
Portal. Think, yeah, okay. Portal. Portal. Said, but I think it's interesting. Like, Greg, you said no Elden Ring, and then yet TMNT. No, I, I, th- I said I thought there'd be more Elden Ring, to be clear. Well, is there any Elden Ring? Yeah. yeah. Two Only two states, but then TMNT Shredder's Revenge, four states. That's so it's weird. new. It's popping off, dude. Turtle That's power. Huh. Yeah, it's people are searching for it, of course. Yeah. So there Tomb you go. Raider, though, popping off. <laughs> you can learn a lot about states by looking at what games they search for. Of course, and how you know what they're playing with and what they're most interested in. So yeah, oh, you got Elden Ring. Which Final Fantasy is that? Two. <laughs> Final Fantasy two. Okay. In what can't... state? I don't even see it. Up uh, there, South Dakota. Oh, okay. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. That tracks. That tracks. Yeah, yeah. That is the most bizarre thing on this entire list. That like I can't. It everything is the else, most I'm like bizarre thing on this entire list. Tim, you are right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what is like, surprising outside else... of that, Merritt? I, I mean, mean, for me, the least you know, I talk, a, thing, I talk yeah. a lot of shit about Kansas, and so the fact that a bag of broken glass was able to beat out rocks this time pretty <laughs> impressive. Of yeah. course, Kansas one step away from one of them understanding how to make a ball, and then of course make a hoop, and then they have some kind of thing to go. They have ball and hoop over there, but right now it was rocks. Last time we did, we saw one of these infographics. Now it's a bag of broken glass in Kansas, and just. God bless them. They're trying over there. Mm-hmm. You know, they it's you gotta you gotta stumble blindly in the dark, and then eventually someone in Kansas will get around just the just the fucked up gene pool they have going on. You know what I mean? <sighs> just a real the hills have eyes gene pool going on over there, and then they'll oh. they'll get out of that, and they'll be able to put it together. You know, one of them. Then, but like everybody else from Kansas who kind of gets a break, they'll just leave and never come back. Of course. They don't want to play with the rock or the broken bag of glass that they all pass around. But I digress. Let's talk about other gaming news, such as the Please. fact that it's going to be E3 2023 versus Summer Game Fest 2023. Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII reunion details and inscription is coming to PlayStation. We're going to talk about all that and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can write into questions or comments, your concerns about the video game news of the day. You can get the show ad free. You can get the exclusive post show we do. And of course, you can get a bevy of other benefits like the ability to watch us record. PS I love you. XOXO live this afternoon. Of course, that's one of the many things you get on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Not limited to, but also including Barrett and I's new QA. That's up. Of course, the next gen podcast in oh so much more. However, if you have no no bucks to toss our way it's no big deal there are a number of free ways to support kind of funny number one you could be using the epic creator code kind of funny on the epic game store or when you're buying your Fortnite v bucks or doing something in rocket league on your playstation switch xbox etc no matter where you are if they use the epic creator codes use the one kind of funny and help us out why not it's free of course beyond that you could be watching us record this show live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games over on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games you are watching live so you have a special job just like DJ Kento, The Frog Knight, CJ Rock 32. Uh, that's, of course, to keep us honest by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and telling us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe each and every weekday where, of course, they have to listen to the ads. They can't write in. They don't get the post show. They can't watch the shows get recorded live, but they're still having a good time. But maybe they have a better time on patreon.com slash kindoffunny. Who is to say? Patreon.com slash kind of games. 
Housekeeping for you. As I already said, Rahul Kohli is back on the Kind of Funny podcast, and Andy hurt his feelings. Come watch the Nitro Rifle squirm out of this one. YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny podcast services around the globe. And then, hey, if you want to be on Patreon where you can support us, you could hear Rahul's story of two guys coming into his hotel room and then him getting really mad at the hotel manager. It's fucked up. Beyond that, shout out to Prime Gaming for sponsoring our streams. To celebrate Prime Day, you can start freeloading over 30 games with Prime Gaming for Prime Day 2022. And then... You'll also be able to claim additional games on Prime Day, July 12th and 13th, uh, which will include AAA titles like Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Grid Legends, Need for Speed Heat, and Star Wars Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, Star Wars Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, and Star Wars Republic Commando. So check out the link in the description to start freeloading games right now. Remember, if you have Prime Gaming, you have a free subscription here on Twitch. Please give it to twitch.tv slash games. Maybe you're listening or watching this later. You want to watch the streams we're going to do, you get those on youtube.com. You get those on uh, uh, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games as we do them. But more importantly, if you have Amazon Prime, you have Prime Gaming, you get all these free games you're talking about mm-hmm. for Prime Day, but mm-hmm. also you get a free 30 day subscription to give away on Twitch, and it would really help us out if you did it to us. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady, Gordon McGuire, and Al Tribesman, the Predator. Today we're brought to you by Chime and Shopify, but I'll tell you about that later. Oh, no, Tim's got something else to say right now. Before the, the Roper Report, I have an important thing to tell you, Greg. In the year 2009, uh but back when i was in college me and my friends were, were hanging out at one of my friends dorms and we we're like oh let's put on a movie and we're like oh let's put on a scary movie so we put on the hills have eyes yeah right and we're watching it and it took about maybe seven minutes before we realized something was wrong sure. but even then from minute like four to seven we're like this doesn't seem right and it was revealed pretty quickly that we were actually watching the hills have thighs Nice. The the porn parody. I'm sure, that was by the hills have yeah, I'm eyes. Sure, that was just a happy little mistake it that happened. Totally was because sure. we were all shocked as hell when there were some things being seen that we're like, this seems a little graphic for the for a horror movie. But at the same time, it took long enough where we're like, horror movies get weird sometimes. You know what I mean? Sure. Like there's like a lot of sex scenes. So yeah, it took us a bit before we were like, huh. This but then you watch the whole right. thing, right? Uh, well, then it just turned us uh, skipping around trying to find all the most fucked up shit. Let me tell you guys, there's a lot of fucked up shit in the Hills Have Thighs, okay? Do I recommend watching it? No. Do I even know if it's possible to watch it now? I don't know. I'm That's the biggest thing. Is I think really, you know, with, with the advent of the internet, there was that moment where things were on VHS and we just dropped them and walked away. And now you have this unlimited sea of porn out there, right? It's mm-hmm. like when me and my friends went to... Well, it became an FYE before then. I think it might have Suncoast Video, Suncoast Video. And one of them bought the Erotic Witch Project Part 3. And like, is the Erotic Witch Project up anywhere? I don't know. Part 3 of it? I don't know. I just remember there being a whole subplot where a gorilla escaped the zoo. They made a big deal about this, Tim. A gorilla uh-huh. escaped the zoo. And you're like, what does that have to do with anything? And they did it just so at the end, when everybody was possessed by the witch, the gorilla could come into frame and be the one to pick up the camera and then record the sex scene. That's the entire reason. Uh, like, you can say, you can be like, you can, the Erotic Witch Project Part 3 can be cr- criticized for a lot of things. Production value, acting, yada, yada, yada. That is a stroke of genius in writing. Where this is when they used to try in porn, right? Now it's all so mundane. Oh, I am stuck in the washer. Oh, I am stuck in the dryer. Oh, I'm just horny. I don't need a reason. It used There used to be stories. Bring I mean, back Greg, the stories are, is what I'm saying. There are stories, Step Bro. Just you know, you got to get on the train, man. <laughs> Step Brother, what happened? Uh, I forget where we left. We'll get back to that or whatever. No, I didn't do the rope report jingle yet, right? You stopped mm-hmm. me. 
I stopped okay, cool. you. Mid so anyways, let's begin the show with what is it forever will be. The Roper Report. Time for some news. Six items on the Roper Report. Baker's dozen. Number one, ladies and gentlemen. They will keep saying it until you believe it. E3 is coming back in 2023, but this time it's coming back with read prop, read pop, read pop. Mm. We go over to game spot where Darren writes E3 will officially make its return in the second week of June 2023 with the running of the convention being handled by Reed Pop. The conventional organizer, which also runs PAX, Star Wars Celebration, and several other shows, will work in partnership with the Electronic Software Association to host publishers, developers, journalists, and consumers at E3's usual location, the Los Angeles Convention Center. For E3 2023, Reed Pop says that it has listened to feedback from the gaming community, will honor the E3 elements that have always worked, and will reshape the parts that haven't been well-received. Following reports of a, quote, toxic environment rife with internal politics, witch hunts, and infighting by a variety in 2019, it was rumored that Reed Pop made an offer to take over E3, but it never happened then. The last couple of years have seen E3's presence on the gaming calendar shrink as an exodus of big brands, rival shows such as Summer Game Fest, and the coronavirus pandemic hit the event hard. E3 2020 was canceled due to the pandemic, while E3 2021 returned as a digital-only event, and E3 2022 was completely canceled. A streamlined and secure media registration for E3 2023 will begin in late 2022, while a list of confirmed exhibitors and event schedules will be shared in the months to come. Tim, before you even get to what the obvious mm-hmm. question would be of where was who, you know, who's what who has got something else to say about this, what's your initial uh, reaction to this? Uh, I mean, I think that Repop partnering with them is probably the best possible way E3 can turn into a thriving convention i think it'll be a drastically different e3 than anything we've seen before but i think that's actually a step in the right direction for what e3 was trying to be and feeling at the last couple years that it existed in physical form sure i i feel like what e3 means to us what it actually is what it actually was and what it actually has to be are all very very different things i don't think we'll ever get back to how things used to be from 2010 to 2000 16 17 even right like i feel like with back when nintendo dropped once nintendo started doing directs and then sony just straight up pulled out and then microsoft did this kind of like half in half out we're in here but we're actually there type stuff like what e3 means changed and i think that once they uh open it up to the public fully and all of that it always had to turn into more of a consumer show at that point and i think repop are the the right people to handle that like star Wars celebrations awesome pax obviously has been kind of the king of gaming conventions when it comes to community so it's cool stuff there if it and so that is happening. the big thing i think to take away right as soon as i saw this this isn't any chance the death of e3 as you knew it but it's definitely for sure them doubling down and really committing to consumers wouldn't you say I mean, yeah, I, I feel like the death of E3 as we knew it, like that's that's long gone. Like E3 is coming. It's coming back. It's like it's not in the way that you like what, anything that you actually care about E3. It's it, that is gone. Like because what what do people care about E3? Like the funniest thing about E3 always for the people watching at home as people think of e3 as like oh the press conference is this or that no press conferences just happen to happen around e3 it's all strategic and planned but like e3 is just the three days of 
mainly games media being able to play games on the show floor or behind closed doors and then put out preview articles on the IGNs or kind of funny user game spots or whatever, right? So for years, what E3 actually was, was already not the thing that that people kind of like give it credit for, I guess. Because like people give it credit for all those like announcements and stuff. And I think that sure. two years ago, or was it last year when you hosted? I guess it was last year. Two years ago. Two years ago. Jesus. Well, because you're counting the one we just got through as one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So two years ago, then when you did that, that was E3's first real step at having their own show, period. And even then, they didn't really have their own announcements. They just kind of were trying to be a hub home for everyone else's kind of showcases and way too many showcases, which led to it being not that great of a show in any which way. That So it wasn't serving any of the audiences that are looking for anything from what they remember of E3. Hence, all the problems we're having. Uh, what I would like to bring in is an article from gamesindustry.biz, which of course is a site owned by ReadPop. Over there, there's an opinion piece up from Christopher Dring, who's writing in and saying, how do you solve a problem like E3? Of course, Christopher works at gamesindustry.biz. He's listed here as head of games B2B. Uh, he's talking about how he's been brought on to work with this and how when they first, first approached him to see if he'd want to work on E3, he was a little cold to it. But I like what he has here, right, where he's talking about what you're talking about, right? And actually, I'll go back a little bit. He's talking about doing all these Zoom calls, right? Getting excited about it and what's going on. We were throwing around ideas about how we could get those consumer and business elements to work. We talked about what we could offer those companies not interested in big booths. We dreamed up ways we could make the event more of a celebration and less of a battleground. They had thought all about it. Here's where I think it's what you're talking about. We discussed ways to embrace everything that takes place during E3 week, dot, 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 whether they're part of the show floor or not. And that includes things like the PC Gamer Show and Devolver Digital's Car Park and, yes, Jeff Keighley's Summer Games Fest. Because uh, of the, to those watching at home, all of that is E3. To most people, the event isn't two halls in downtown L.A., but it's the showcases, the reveals, and the video games. E3 is more than an expo. It's an idea and one that's bigger than Reed Pop and the ESA. There's no use fighting against that. That desire to unite the industry, irrespective of whether they're part of the show or not, extends around the world, too. E3 is already a global event, and we want to take that further. Some of the ideas are too ambitious to pull off in one year, but we can certainly give it a try. Of course, it's possible that people have already made up their minds about E3. Perhaps all of this is, is a little too late. And when my bosses come back from meeting all the big game companies, parentheses, with a presentation that will inevitably get leaked, perhaps we'll hear how everyone was indifferent, and it's just not what the industry is looking for. But I hope not. I hope they'll sign up and come back so that together we can make E3 2023 a week to remember. How could I say no to that? I think that's a really good encapsulation of what we're talking about, right? Of like, and what you're talking about is like E3's not, E3 gets credit for all the announcements, but it's really the press conferences before that people are using to piggyback. And then after Nintendo would end, that's when the show floor would actually open. It wasn't even about what was happening at E3. Yeah. It, two things that I love here. Uh, one is not the Lysander. The chat says E3 isn't a place. It's a people, uh, which is very funny. Uh, and then the the other thing is like, I love what you just read about like, yeah, no, it's everything, including Summer Game Fest. Like, I love that Jeff Keighley and E3, the ESA are both just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all that stuff too. It's part of just, we'll throw it on a calendar. It's all part of the same thing. Like, it's just, it is very funny that there's so many different events that everyone's just kind of trying to take credit for and be like, yeah, we'll put our logo on it. And then it's part of it, right? That's how it works. And then everyone else is like, I don't know that we let you put our logo on it. That. But but they're right though. It's like to the end user, us reacting to it, the people in the chat watching along with, with us or alone or whatever it is, like 
who gives a shit what the branding is of the whether it's summer game fest or e3 like it's who's doing what who's announcing what and is it exciting or is it not and i think the problem is when we have multiple people competing to win which is how this all works there's no getting around that there's going to be losers and unfortunately i think the losers are going to be us having to watch 15 hours of eh stuff with a couple like pop moments as opposed to what used to be that dialed in week which lest we forget also had way too much content that was filled with way too many duds like we can't just act like e3 used to be this 10 out of 10 savior thing every year it was like we were lucky if we got two fantastic press conferences a year 100 percent. and so yeah like you know it's a bev it's a sea an ocean a world of riches right of all these things getting announced at the same time and doing all these different things which is very nice and very interesting forever and will be but tim mm-hmm. let's move on to part number two all let's right let's do it mm-hmm. let's move on to story number two because sure e3 wants to come out they want to say they're back with read pop summer game fest is not about to go quietly into that night instead they tweeted after all this stuff happened get ready Summer Game Fest returns in June of 2023 for the fourth year with a lineup of digital and in-person events to celebrate the future of video games. Sign up at summergamefest.com for more details. Bam. Right there. This is war, Tim. This Mm -hmm. is war. And again, we're the losers. Like, the the, the fact is... I'm no loser. The the war needs to end in order for all this to, to get aligned. Because until then, people are kind of fighting over resources. There are already limited resources when it comes to... Uh, resources in, in this case being game announcements being people showing up and committing to one side or another um and already summer game fest like last year didn't have nintendo right didn't have yeah. playstation right last year yeah the one we just yeah, last went year to. they didn't yeah. yeah so it's like we're still missing those like the, the big partnerships right the ones that were, we all this year yeah they had a playstation Okay, that PlayStation. They did not have a Nintendo though. I thought so, you saw, see now we're getting I see now we're into this two year business yep. you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, exactly, let's stop doing exactly. that. It's no two year business. We're talking about yeah, this yeah. year or last year. This year, year yeah, okay. yeah. This this year, uh, regardless, we're at a point, we're not at a point where Nintendo, Xbox, and Sony are all doing their biggest game announcements at one thing. And I don't know that we'll ever get there again because of how independently successful all three of them have found different avenues for announcements and things. But I can guarantee it's not going to happen if E3 and Summer Game Fest are both going on at the same uh, time and people are like competing for who gets what where. That's going to be the most fascinating part of how does this net out and how do you get involved with this and who do you pick? You know what I mean? Like, do you go to the ESA or do you go to Jeff Keighley? And right now, Tim... You have a big game. You're you're at one of these corporations. You're at one of these companies. Where are you going? You going Jeff or you going E3? I, I am Jeff fan, number one. I believe in Summer Game Brilliant. Fest. I think Summer Game Fest needs to be the answer, and it is the answer. They, they get it. They understand what the needs are of all the different people we've been talking about earlier, whether it's the media, whether it's the consumers, whether it's the XYZ. Like, Summer Game Fest gets it. Jeff gets it. The one thing he doesn't get is all of the resources and all the announcements and the ability to just full on do summer game fest the way he wants it to be the industry wants it to be and as long as e3 is a thing that's just causing more problems and i just think i don't think e3 coming back and the way that they're trying to do it and all that is going to be the direct reason that summer game fest doesn't get nintendo but i do think it dilutes the water enough that it just causes a problem that summer game fest doesn't become the one thing like we're still going to be talking about e3 
five years from now, whether or not E3 even happens for the next five years. Like, I don't well, know. I mean, there's so many interesting start- things about this in, in different parallels and ripples and universes you could see it going, right? Where if Reed Pop's coming in and they're making E3 a more consumer event, sided event, does mm-hmm. Summer Game Fest then just b- become the more press sided event? Where they're still doing their presentation and their, their showcase, but then how we went down to LA and played a bunch of stuff, would we do that while the E3 show floor is open to whoever wants to come and buy a ticket? And then at that point, if your publisher how are you splitting up your games and where are you going because again this is something that christopher Dring brings up in his games industry at biz article right that one of the the hurdles e3 had was the fact that people go to e3 and they expect that they're going to get to sit there and play everything that was on the playstation press i'm talking about old ones obviously playstation presser nintendo presser xbox presser when in reality even for us as press at those e3s it was do you have well have you booked an appointment well, that's a behind closed doors things. It's hands off. It's 30 people in a room. Like how when we saw cyberpunk a million times. I mean, I mean so, even then, even then, like it is like, cool. The PlayStation press conference has 10 game announcements. You get to actually play two of them. You get hands off watching a video with like two more minutes of footage than we yeah. saw. In the other thing, take a different path with, through their two more slides. of them. And then six of them aren't even there at all. You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's the question then of like, if in this in one of the many realities of where this is going to go if e3 becomes the consumer event and i think if that's the case becomes dramatically smaller i doubt it's two halls in the convention center anymore i think you shrink it to one if you're doing that then is jeff doing summer game fest across the street a week before whatever it is where you can go play all these games are you how much can e, the esa charge right now for booth space what can they do with that to make it work do xbox PlayStation, Nintendo, see a value in doing either of these, or is it just, hey, we'll come out and do uh, the Last of Us Part 1 announcement at the end of the Summer Game Fest thing? Because again, is E3 now going to do an E3 press conference, or is E3 going to do the same thing kind of Jeff did before with Summer Game Fest, which was like, hey, this is all happening at this, you can catch it on their Twitch channel, but we're doing it on our Twitch channel too, and our partners at IGN are doing it on their thing. Who is IGN going to partner with if Summer Game Fest and E3 are running head-to-head? How are you going to cover it all? Well, God, it's going to be fascinating. I can't it wait is. for you. It, it really is, and and I personally, like I would wish, because I'm right there with you, like I don't want E3 to go away in any form, but like if it's going to exist, I think especially with Pop, community-focused, making it more of just a consumer con is the right move to do, and I think that that would benefit so many more parts of the industry because like especially like thinking about like indie developers there's so much booth space there there's so much ability to like get games in gamers hands and i think that if e3 as a consumer event was part of summer game fest that would be the ultimate ideal way to move forward imagine but jeff Jeff somehow did that like shane mcmahon comes in and buys wcw but that's what would then all of a sudden things are working together in a way that can be bigger than what we've had before as opposed to just jeff doing his version of e3 Right. Yeah. One thing I do think to that I want to uh, mention because I, I I know we've talked about it in a couple places, but in context of this conversation, Summer Game Fest being the press conference that it was, um, like that we saw a couple of weeks ago, and even with last year's as well. Like that's something that E three never had. E three never had one press conference that it's like they were putting on. Yeah. Uh, and I think that there's such value with that. In addition to that, what we went down to do with Playdays, the um when me greg and bless went down to la and we got to play a bunch of games that was essentially what e3 used to be but it was just the best version of it i have ever experienced 
definitely some room for improvements here and there. And I feel like there are some things that they can uh, make better next time. But guess what? I think that they're going to do that. But Greg, you've been doing this a long time, like a decade plus. Was that not the best scenario we've had to play that many games from different oh, for publishers sure. I mean, and developers? Like, what play days this time around was what Judges Week used to be. And if you remember, what it used to be is in May, I'd usually knock off for a week and I'd go down to LA and Jeff would have organized in conjunction with E3, around E3 and the publishers, a bunch of different publishers who would then show us their games that we would then be the judges for for E3 awards. And the idea usually was there that for Judges Week, you would see a bunch of double a video games the video games that would be dirt not the we didn't see you know last of us or some kind of crazy exclusive or that was going to get announced on the xbox or playstation press conference you didn't see those games you saw the games that were going to get announced there maybe that were smaller but it would be overshadowed by a big announcement or stuff that you know on the you you wouldn't necessarily prioritize your staff going to play so somebody could play it on staff write the previews and then also have a voice for it of like hey this is actually good or we're talking about family games or racing or whatever these things you normally want to do you do that that's what SGF was the best version of because even Judges Week, what it used to be was you'd go to LA, stay in a hotel, and then it would be get on a bus, drive 45 minutes in LA traffic, 30 minutes in LA traffic, 20 minutes, whatever, get to this thing, get off, play some games, do some presentations, get, eat some food, get back on the bus, go to a different drive, go to a different, and you do this day in, day out. So to have it all under one roof, have it all right there, have it all, you know, beautifully laid out, and especially in a time where we hadn't been together in so long. No, that was great. That was awesome. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. June, right around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. Not literally, but it's pretty close when you, they're already going at it. But, like, do you think well, – read Pop, right? And I'm talking a little bit out of turn here. Kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Stick with me. Obviously, PAX East and PAX, Prime, or PAX West kick in and going and no problem. They stopped PAX South, right? And did they stop PAX Unplugged or is PAX Unplugged still going? That's the one I'm really out of tune on. Let me know in there. But my question becomes, do you think – is there a future you think where E3 gets big enough where they fold out one of the PAXs? Where it, or do you think it, it moves to this like trifecta where it is PAX East to start the year, E3, and then PAX Prime? Do you push PAX Prime farther out? Or, and I'm sorry, West? Because West is you know usually at the end of summer. I don't think that they treat unless they end up rebranding it as a PAX. I don't think they let this affect the scheduling of okay. PAXs. I think they okay. treat it like a different convention entirely. Okay, fair enough. Unplugged is still a thing, says uh, Rezon or Resonator. Unplugged is still a thing. It's in Philly. There you go. Okay, good enough. Good enough. <laughs> If you think we're doing a good enough job, ladies and gentlemen, why don't you go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Over on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can write and be part of the show. You can get the show ad-free. You can get it with the exclusive post-show we do, and you can watch us record PS I Love You XOXO live this afternoon. Of course, though, you're not on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames right now, so here's a word from our sponsor. I love that sound. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility, and I know the Kind of Funny store at kindoffunny.com slash store uses Shopify to sell all our merch, including all those cool Portillo shirts you guys have been so great about supporting with. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channels
channel integrations and apps. Go to shopify.com slash kfgames, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash kfgames right now. Shopify.com slash kfgames. No one likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you've got bills due. Good thing there's Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. But Chime is more than just about getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. So what are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at chime.com slash kfgames. That's chime.com slash kfgames. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancor Bank or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on your payer. One of the things I meant to bring up during that whole thing mm -hmm. is that, and everybody knows I am a fucking moron period mm -hmm. full stop yes, everybody knows do. that about me so i'm that. not throwing rocks from my glass house at all at all remember of course everybody remembers xbox game pass when that first yeah. started happening right the greatest value I, in gaming of course but when it first started i had to keep paying andrea what was it, a buck or five bucks a pop every time i said xbox games pass mm -hmm. it drives me up the fucking wall that people write in their articles summer games fest mm -hmm. it's summer game fest summergamefest.com not game why is there only one game that the fest is because i don't think they're just they're not talking about game as in oh look i have my copy of the quarry right here they're talking about game like it's just it's a festival of game and gaming it's a game, everywhere. It, 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 the game is a people not a place kind of thing exactly yes 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 kind so i feel for jeff Healy on that because i'm sure it's got to be nailed on a chalkboard to read a, a GameSpot article or was it even the games industry up is article yeah it was games where they like games both of them called the games fest like, ah i don't know man i bet you fest. i bet you he wanted games fest but he couldn't get the url so he's like i guess i'll drop the s he probably doesn't know nobody summer. knows nobody knows he doesn't know you don't IGN's think jeff knows summer jeff gaming knows. GameSpot has their like their their game spot of gaming thing Everyone has something, you know what I mean? So you're saying you don't think he could get the URL, summergamesfest.com. Tim, I'd like you to go to summergamesfest.com right now because whoever did this is fucking amazing. I don't know if this is a joke from another podcast, but this is definitely something that Greg Miller would have done. Greg Miller would have done this in a fucking heartbeat. I'll tell you right now. If you're an audio listener, it is a hot dog or a giant hot dog in one of those stand-up taco shells with some cheese puffs next to it on a blue plate. And it says, Welcome back to the party, my friend. Or my welcome back to the party friend. And they misspelled too. I love it. And it's who literally thought, just a picture you can this? zoom in on. This is who like, did, did you this, do this, gentlemen? Is this a long con joke? <laughs> I don't know who out there got the URL summergamesfest.com, but God bless you. God oh bless America. Fuck, that's funny. Number three on the Roper Report, Tim. This one goes out to you. We have Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion details. Hit me with that. over at IGN. Cat uh, has a big old article up there that's required reading if you care. Uh, but here are the, the bullet points I'm pulling from it, all right? Square Enix is overhauling the graphics, the interface, and somewhat controversially, the voice cast. Quote, various improvements have been made to nearly all other scenes and battles to a point where it could be said that the work we are doing is akin to creating a remake, end quote, uh, producer uh, Mariko Sato says. 
However, as the core elements, such as the story, are grounded in the original work, we call it a remaster, end quote. In addition to, oh, and I'm jumping around this entire article, by the way. In addition to overhauled graphics, Crisis Core will be fully voiced while also featuring a newly arranged soundtrack. The gameplay is also getting an update, with Zack's attack combos now being linkable and limit breaks being accessible at any time, not just when they pop up in the in-game slot machine known as the Digital Mind Wave System, or DMW. The DMW, for its part, will remain largely the same, meaning that elements such as leveling will remain random as ever. In the meantime, all the original assets are being replaced uh, with the updated versions utilizing Unreal Engine 4. The intention being to be, quote, visually aligned and up to the standards of Final Fantasy VII Remake, according to Sato. To that end, the PC version will target an impressive 120 frames per second, while the PS5 and Xbox Series X slash S versions will be at 60 frames per second. Sato didn't elaborate on the Switch version, but did say that there would be differences in the resolution and FPS. Uh, fans shouldn't expect new story content in the update, which explains why Square Enix is referring to it as a remaster, despite the substantial improvements being made across the board. Quote, with the Final Fantasy, I'm sorry, yeah, with the Final Fantasy VII remake, uh, it was a new starting point for a Final Fantasy VII, and so we decided to expand the story. But with the Co Crisis Core reunion, it's a remaster, and it's still positioned as a story that expands on the original Final Fantasy VII story, and so we didn't want to stray too far from that. Sato adds that there are no plans to include any new elements in the story, meaning new side quests and other storylines are most likely out the window. But that doesn't necessarily preclude, say, a post-credit teaser that sets the stage for Rebirth. Tim, you are the one here who flipped out for Crisis Core. What does all the stuff I just read mean to you, and do you care? I mean, even just Barrett bringing up that, that footage and seeing that, the opening scene of that, the trailer, like, I can't believe this is real. I still am kind of in shock that Crisis Core is coming back and that they're treating it with this much reverence i am so excited about this crisis core is one of my favorite games because of its story because of its characters the gameplay was always fun enough it's definitely kind of the earliest version of some of the more action-based uh 3d final fantasy that we're used to nowadays um like with final fantasy 15 final fantasy 7 remake like a lot of that stems back from final fantasy 7 crisis core and the psp um but i'm really interested in a lot of the specific words and how careful they are about what they're saying and how they're talking about it as a remake versus remaster and having uh, different producers here um say different things that are, are all lining up with this is still the same story from the original that matches up with the original final fantasy 7 story i think that that means one of two things one Square doesn't know what the hell they're doing and why the fuck would they not just like make changes and make this line up with remake and have it be a, a nice story for people like Greg and Blessing and Andy who never played the originals all the way through but have played remake give them more storyline to actually go off or this is a master stroke play by Square which I'm hoping and based on what they're saying here I believe with is that they are purposefully making this the original story so that you guys get familiar with that story and are then able to have twists on it so it's more of a a spider-man no way home type situation where you guys are familiar with the previous spider-man sure right sure so yeah, yeah. that that familiarity allows them to kind of get weird and do crazy stuff in no way home with this if you guys know the backstory of um crisis core what, what's important about crisis core is it's a prequel to final fantasy 7 the original but a lot of the events of the game are very 
similar and are flashbacks kind of from the first game. So story-wise, lore-wise, character-wise, origin stories of key characters like Sephiroth, who you don't know but played remake and all of a sudden at the end he's kind oh, of but i know boss. he's a bad guy kind of and oh he isn't smash and you all like that a lot i think that having crisis core be an experience that you guys play through in the the with the context of remake all of a sudden it's going to really enhance and strengthen your knowledge of key important events and characters from the final fantasy 7 universe from the original timeline without having to play the whole original game so as complicated as this all sounds what it boils down to is i think that if they pull this off, it is going to be actually the simplest way to get new people like you back on board and fully understanding the original timeline story so that we can have total a totally new story with the, the remake timeline and have it all line up and make as much sense as games named this ridiculously can make sense. Okay, fair enough. That makes sense. That makes sense. Keeping it straight because, you know, how many people know about Zach other than you and Ryan Clements? That's all I know. I love Zach, man. And so that's the thing, too, is like talking about the overhaul graphics and stuff. I'm really happy with the majority of what we're seeing and how in line it is with Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm not the biggest fan of Zach's redesign. It's the dumb little things. But like, you know, when you like originals one way and they look kind of different, you're like, ah, the voice acting. Ah. I, I was a big fan of his original voice. I don't like that they're changing it. But I, I think I'm going to live. You know, I was so used to the Final Fantasy VII core cast voice acting from Crisis or from um advent children and things like that and when they changed it for the game i was like eh, and i ended up loving those voices so i'm okay with that newly arranged soundtrack um i that's a hit or miss i'll have to wait and see i love the soundtrack of crisis core recently i've been listening to it non-stop after the hype of this trailer so um i if they can bring it up to date a little bit that'd be great but that was one of the first games i ever heard that had a like fully orchestrated songs not for the whole soundtrack but like for a couple key moments that were so well done so if we can get more of that in this that'd be really cool um and then otherwise the gameplay changes they're making with the dmw system like that all sounds like just taking an old psp game and modernizing it which is what this is gonna need uh to maintain the fun levels for people like you that have played remake but not the others my question for you would be yesterday on this very show kind of funny games daily Janet Garcia and Jared Petty had a conversation with the one and only Barry Courtney on the ones and twos about when they thought this game was coming out. And Barrett, of course, is what I like to call a student of the game. And so, of course, when they made Thank a big you. deal I, about, I, oh, this I, is... I learned from the best, Greg. Thank you. Thank you, Barrett. When they said, oh, it's coming out this winter, a lot of you motherfuckers are like, I'll be playing this in December. And me and Barrett are like, you'll be playing it in March unless it gets delayed. Where do you think this is coming out? I don't fucking know, man. It's Square. Like, no. And and that could mean a bunch of things. Square's been putting out a shit ton of games. And like it seems like they kind of got this one on lock. Like it is not the most complicated thing. And at the end of the day, this game's not that long. It's not a full-fledged Final Fantasy game. It is a PSP game. A lot of the assets they've already kind of had from remake, and they've been working on remake in some way, shape, or form for so long now with porting it with Intergrade, with the PS5 versions, PC, all that stuff. So they're very familiar with assets. I say all this as somebody that doesn't make games, so I don't know how much that relates to this at all. Uh, but the fact that they're announcing this and they have their winner-winner plan, hey, just as much as any video game that puts a date on it, I don't believe it till I'm playing it. But I believe that their winner is right. I just don't know what that winner means. I don't expect to be playing this this year, though. Okay, fair enough. 
Uh, number four, I got some games you might be playing this year, Tim. Uh, today, PlayStation did one of their PlayStation blogs. We're like, hey, for out of the for no reason, out of the blue, we're gonna talk about seven indies right now. Get hyped, and we got hyped. So those announcements go like this: uh, Number one, Sea of Stars is coming to PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five in 2023. Of course, that's from Sabotage, the folks behind the Messenger. Uh, Shim, that game we played at Summer Game Fest, where you're a little frog jumping in the shadows, Ooh. is coming to PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five in 2023. Uh, Cult of the Lamb was already announced for PlayStation, already announced for uh, August 11th, but they showed more for it there. Uh, Signalist uh, coming to PlayStation 4 October 27th. The Tomorrow Children Phoenix Edition is launching September 6th for PlayStation. It's back from the dead. Curse to Golf is coming to PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 August 18th. Yes, we'll get to that new date. That applies to the other stuff as well. But then the big one from the day, uh, Tim, was in fact that Inscription is coming to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. No date given, but Andy Cortez was flipping out on twitter like he does so there you go nothing really to say just a heads up that's happening it's cool number five for you uh ubisoft is trying to save anno 2070 from ubisoft this is andy chalk at pc gamer with the headline of the day ubisoft announced last week that it's pulling the plug for online support uh for a number of its older games including multiple assassin's creed driver san francisco far cry 3 and several others but ubisoft mains the studio behind the city sim strategy game anno 2070 uh which is also on a list of games losing online support isn't letting it go without a fight quote after an initial investigation we have decided to dedicate some of our development resources to working on upgrading Anno 2070's aged online services infrastructure to a new system so that these features can continue to be used past the mentioned date, the studio said in an update posted shortly after Ubisoft's shutdown announcement. Quote, however, we cannot yet guarantee that we'll be able to successfully upgrade slash replace the old services as we'd like to, end quote. So if you care about Anno, they're trying to save it for you. And it's just funny that like Ubisoft's like, we're done with this. And Ubisoft's like, well, fuck you, are you? We'll yeah. About that. Uh, and then Tim, over there. Mm-hmm. to close out your one and only Roper Report for this beautiful Thursday, July 7th, 2022. Uh, number six, Xbox is talking a little bit about what's happening at Gamescom. Ollie Welsh at Polygon writes, Microsoft has confirmed that Xbox will be present at Gamescom 2022 in Germany in August. Instead, it will be focusing on providing updates on previously announced games. In a statement to press, Microsoft said, quote, we're excited to confirm that Xbox will be back on the show floor at Gamescom 2022 in Cologne, Germany. Fans in Europe and around the world can expect updates on some announced games coming to to Xbox in the next 12 months, end quote. The focus on the next 12 months mirrors the message from June's Xbox and Bethesda game showcase, which concentrated on gameplay footage and concrete information on games coming in 2022 and mostly early 2023, rather than splashy reveals of far-off titles. Xbox exclusives presented at that showcase that might make a return at Gamescom include Starfield, Redfall, the new Forza Motorsport, and Minecraft Legends. Given the traditional focus of the German show on strategy games, the Civilization-style aura history untold is a good bet. As well as presenting its wares on the show floor at Gamescom, Xbox is likely to be part of Jeff Keighley's ho- the Jeff Keighley hosted opening night live live stream. It's possible that it also will host some streams of its own. So Tim trying to get in front of what got him in trouble at E3 and in trouble I'm using loosely, but when a bunch of people are like, nah, why didn't they say ahead of time it was only going to focus on 12 months? Yeah, people are going to say things no matter what. I think people are going to say things no matter what. No matter. I mean, literally, yeah. It's like the grass is always greener. There's always something to complain about. I think that this, going back to the original story we talked about today of the E3 Summer Game Fest, like what is each supposed to be? How could it all work together? I think what Xbox has going here is a great example of it uh, across different conventions in terms of their own plan. Announcing the next 12 months of games at uh, some 
Summer Game Fest uh, or their showcase, that time frame, June, um, allows them to then spend the next 12 months showing those games off to actual players, getting the games in their hands at events like Gamescom or PAX, et cetera, throughout the rest of the year. Super smart. It just allows actual marketing for games that are actually in development and far enough along to be played, as opposed to having to come up with vertical slices of games that might not be coming out for another year plus or whatever it is. So I just think that this kind of feeds a lot of different needs uh, for what conventions actually are and what why Xbox would ever even want to be at one to begin with. For sure. For sure. But there you go. Everybody be looking for that and be excited. Are you excited for the opening that live? They usually have some good stuff there. Not like megatons, no. but no. I feel like they don't usually have good stuff. And I and I feel like this we're getting to a point where the Keeley stuff, I think, are even themselves getting uh pulled a little thin because now we have Summer Game Fest, we have opening night live, and we have game awards. So what used to kind of be like the two tent poles is now I think opening night live and summer game fest are a little too close to each other at least my gut tells me they are this year uh knowing how much the pandemic has affected game development game announcements all of that stuff like i feel like it's it's probably going to be uh not even as good as summer game fest was this year um the press conference itself but again fingers crossed i hope i'm wrong and again i understand the importance of doing these things to build the recognition and build up what it is because like gamescom is huge and gamescom has always been the black sheep of conventions when it comes to the way that we talk about them it was like it was always like oh yeah there's e3 oh yeah and then gamescom's the thing too right gamescom's always had that chip on its shoulder right where it's mm -hmm. always it's we're bigger than e3 like this is we should be the main numbers of like how many people are there but like again like the couple times that i worked gamescom like you know, there's never anything big. What was the weird uh, game where you play as like the the mouse that you can customize, or the rat that you can customize, and you're like Bio-Mutant? Uh, Bio-Mutant. I feel like that was no. the biggest thing to come out of Gamescom, <laughs> and like look at what that was. You know, like as in terms of like announcement and like a, a really like huge things. Like Gamescom is not that show. And I, and just as a third party looking at it, I imagine that, you know, Jeff got involved with it and like did step it up. Jeff made it go from there's no press conferences or it's just uh, maybe there's an Xbox or maybe there's a PlayStation depending yeah. on the year. Um, and like they used to go back and forth with like Paris Games Week and things like that. But uh, and Tokyo Game Show and all that. But like uh, I, I can imagine that Jeff was like, OK, cool. The E3 is a thing. I'm going to work over here and get this thing going with Gamescom, try to turn it into more of a big summer event. And then now he has Summer Game Fest. So now it's yeah. like, oh, man. And the idea of like when Summer Game Fest first happened and it was like, cool, it starts with the E3 week with not being called E3 and ends with like the season finale being opening night live. Like, I think that is cool framing. I think that we've gotten really far from that, though. And that's not how they're presenting this anymore. So we'll see. I think that there there can be success with the, a Gamescom keynote. Okay. We'll find out soon enough, ladies and gentlemen. But Gamescom is so far away. Tim, if I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grab shops. Where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Skibbity doo up.
out today. Uh, Epico is out now in the Nintendo eShop. Grid Legends is launching a photo mode. Vampire Survivor's final boss is here. Major mm. Patch 0.8.0 brings Big Baddie and Final Relic and more. Uh, it's prime time to call the Diamonds M's. Agatha Barker this week in GTA Online as casino work is dealing triple rewards uh, with special GTA money bonuses on select missions. Uh, which Strandings, a strand game, comes to PC today? Gwent Rogue Mage is a single player and standalone expansion out now. Uh, Kamikaze's Veggie Kamikaze Veggies is making okay. its debut on Steam today. Meanwhile, over Rogue is out today. Uh, Ruins Magus is out today. Matchpoint Tennis Championships is out today. DJ Mac Respect V is out today. Um, didn't do my homework. I did all my press releases, but then I didn't. I didn't compare like I usually do to the releases.com over here. Uh, Cubite Classics is out today. Nin Online is out today, and that's it. Those are all out online. Uh, new dates for you. As I said before, Curse to Golf, August 18th for PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. Uh, Blade Assault is September 30th, 2022 for all the PlayStations, all the Xboxes, and Switch. No, uh, Greg, you got to stop it. Okay, it says Curse to Curse to Golf tees off. On August eighteenth, okay, yeah. you got to get the press the press release. No, I stuff fucking right. hate that shit. I Blade hate Assault doesn't have one. Blade Assault slices its way to stores September thirtieth. And that's the shit that I fucking can't stand. And I know I, I try to cut it out, and sometimes I'm in a hurry. It Makes gets its in way in. I'm sorry if it ever does, guys. Coromon uh, is coming out on uh, Switch July twenty first. It sets its sights. Whatever the fuck. Bright Memory Infinite opens a black hole July twenty first on Xbox Series X slash S, PlayStation five, and Nintendo Switch. Uh, and then in just a few short weeks, GTA Online stuff. In just a few short weeks, a new update is coming to GTA Online on all platforms. It will expand upon the criminal careers of executive of executive biker, gunrunner, and nightclub owner, alongside a set of contract missions uh, that presents the opportunity to be sworn in as a special IAA field operative to investigate the budding criminal conspiracy coromon was the game that i remember blessing checking out at um uh, gdc and he was uh he was pretty into it uh definitely a, a pokemon inspired uh inspired yeah. game so there you How's go it, what, so why, why is it setting its sights you know what i mean just tell me the fucking date uh, Get the ball. i think it's, it's setting its sights specifically to the switch release date because it, i think it was already out on something else so. see when it says sights though i'm assuming it's gonna become some kind of gu- a shooting game you know because mm, I'm, I'm, I'm using my iron sights on it right? i mean this we also all have uh, we also all have eyes and you can just set your sights with your eyeballs we also right? have the eyes do you ever call sure. your sight your sight though you wake up and you're like what, what are you using your sight for today barrett yeah lulu this asked me that you have all all the time. yeah <laughs> yeah i i, I stand corrected everybody i apologize <laughs> uh, you know what barrett you win <laughs> there's no argument there uh deals of the day for you Xbox free play days are here, of course. Uh, you can save the earth from aliens or race to your heart's content during free play days. Saints Row 4 re-elected. Uh, Assetto, Corsa, Compatizone, uh, and The Crew 2 are available this weekend for Xbox Live Gold and Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members to play until Monday morning. Uh, then Nintendo Switch Online members, you can now download and try the full Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle game at no additional cost until July 12th at 11.59 p.m. PT. It's a fun game. Go play it. Don't listen to these people who don't like rabbits, Gary Witta, you know? I know. No. It really hurt, man. Ugh. It really hurt my soul. He doesn't want to give him a shot. He doesn't I mean, even want to see Again, rabbits, do we love them just no. as rabbits? No. But is it worth dealing with to play a really good Mario XCOM game? 100%. All right, here we go. Now, I ask people watching live, 
to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later. Let's see what we got here now because there's stuff going on here, but it's a lot of talking. A lot of talking, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, what's going on? A blah, blah, blah. No, we don't. I don't know what this is, and I don't care. Um, no, that's not. That's nothing there. And then, <laughs> Boris and Double Zero is giving me a way to contact the person who owns SummerGamesFest.com. I just saying <laughs> congratulations. That's all it is. I yeah. don't need. To, I don't need an interview. I just want to say, good job on that. You know, if you're watching, if you're a fan, just redirect it to YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. That'd be awesome. If you I love it I for love a day, it. two days, all the days. I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. That's another episode of Kinda Funny Games Daily in the Bank. But your week isn't over. Of course, Blessing and Timothy will be here tomorrow to bring you all the day's news. If you're watching oh. live right now, guess what? There's a stream happening, and it's going to be Death Stranding. Mike and Kevin are beginning their Death Stranding playthrough today on twitch.tv slash Games. If you aren't watching live, maybe you're driving your car going, Honk, honk, on the old expressway uh you can catch it later youtube.com slash kind of funny plays where we put up all of our stream archives if you want to go over there and uh you know subscribe like share all that that'd be great for us because that's a mm-hmm. new channel we're trying to build up over there uh, if you want to come watch me and tim do the post show patreon.com slash kind of funny games that'll be up later of course you could go there you could sign up and you could watch us record ps i love you today live you could watch us record the x cast tomorrow you could record with I was going to say watch us record the games cast next week, but no, that's embargoed. We got a review, so you won't mm. be able to watch that one. Mm. Don't worry about mm. it. But all sorts of cool stuff's there, like me and Barrett doing the Q&A on Patreon.com slash games. But I digress. If you have no bucks tossed our way and you're not going there, this show's over for you. So let me remind you, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you know about. If you like that, be part of the show, patreon.com slash games. On patreon.com slash games. of course, you can write in to be part of the show. You can comment on the news. You can do all sorts of stuff. You can have a good old time. You can also get the show ad free, get all the benefits, yada, yada, yada. No money tossed away, no big deal. Epic creator code, kind of funny. Use your Twitch Prime subscriptions, Amazon Prime. Uh, use that for us on Twitch, uh, kind of funny games. Uh, YouTube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com, podcast services around the globe, YouTube.com slash kind of funny place. It's all out there for you. It's, it's all there, there. And every one of those things needs your help. Mm-hmm. Don't just water one of the flowers, mm-hmm. water all the flowers. Tinkle. Just a little tinkle here and a little tinkle there. And a lot tinkle. of tinkle there. I don't think these guys ever, ever washed flowers. Uh, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.